Imagine for a moment that you reached the pinnacle of your success, that all the dreams and the goals you had sought after finally came to fruition. I mean, you had the great relationship. You even got the dream home, the beautiful mansion that you wanted. You were in the career that was perfect for you. But then everything started to collapse. Literally and figuratively, everything started to come down. You, I mean, even the building that you were in almost collapsed on you. I hope I have your attention because this story is littered with incredible inspiration about rising above the circumstances and overcoming. Join me on the other side when I sit down with attorney, Mr. Tim Mahoney, and hear this incredible journey of the rise, the fall, and the rise back up again. You're gonna get so much from this. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome, everyone. This is Austin. This is Flashpoint Friday. Your turnaround story starts here. We are continuing on to bring you incredible people that have incredible stories that we can learn from and use the lessons immediately to move through these crazy times that we're in. Today's interview is very special because, because... It's one of the authors from our book, Flashpoint. Your turnaround story starts here. 12 incredible stories and the lessons learned. Well, today we're going to hear from one of those special people. I am going to be joined by Tim Mahoney here shortly. Some of you know Tim. You know the incredible guy that he is and the work that he's been doing. But I'm going to give you a little intro. But first, I want to draw your attention. And I'm going to get this right this week. This is the hourglass that we spotlight every Flashpoint Friday. Why? Because we can't live in the past and we can't live in the future. We can only be right here in the middle. So as you're tuning into this, whether you're live or on the replay, grab some presents with us and see what you can get from today. The next thing we have is the cowbell. There we go. Cowbell. So the cowbell is for moments throughout the interview that move you, excite you, teach you. I'm going to ask you to type in the word cowbell so that we can have fun with the cowbell. Everyone loves the cowbell. So let me get into Tim. Uh, I'm excited about Tim because I met him about probably like, I want to say like maybe four or five years ago in the Tony Robbins community. He's actually a part of the leadership program in the Tony Robbins community. So I got to meet him out of his normal context, which is, He's been in the law practice, in his own law practice for almost 30 years. And what I love about Tim is that he's very heart centered because he helps people in precarious situations. They've dealt with wrecks, family trauma. And not only does he take care of the legal side, but he's actually in it to help them through the process. You're going to learn more about that. He's a speaker. He's an author and he's got an upcoming book that we're going to hear all about that. So here we go. I'm not going to waste any more time. Help me welcome my good friend and co-author, Mr. Tim Mahoney, hailing from Chicago. Thank you so much, Austin. It is great to be here. And thank you so much for the uh, introduction. 
I think I sent to you on Facebook, I found the photograph of you and I as uh, state inducers at the UPW, I think it was in Florida. I think it was a UPW in Florida where you and I were on the same state inducer team. And, and to show you what's happened in the Tony Robbins world, I think there was like 12 of us, right? I mean, I think the whole seminar was about 2,000 people. And I mean, now it's like, you know, 50,000 people online at these UPWs. But uh, it, it was really interesting to see that photo because everybody's gone on to do all kinds of stuff out of the group in that photo, obviously, including you. So thank you so much for having me here. And it's, it's my pleasure and, and it's my honor uh, to get to show up. Absolutely. And what I loved about that is I had no idea what you did. All I saw was how you showed up in a very dynamic, which some people would deem stressful uh, context, right? And the way you showed up, the, the way you serve, your attitude, I mean, everything just came across and you, you embody. And what I, it's always, you want to, you want to be around people who walk their talk, who embody what they say. And Tim, you, you are that guy. And we're going to hear about your story today. What I want to do is I want to jump right into it. If you're, Are you good? You ready to jump into this? Absolutely. Whatever you yeah. need me to do, my man, I'm ready. Let's do it. So I want people to hear your story. And I, especially from maybe we can grab some stuff out of the book. There was a time because you've been at law for almost 30 years. You've been successful. But there was a time when literally things collapsed for you. And I, I want you to maybe if you could go back there and talk about this adversity, especially, Tim, since now there's people are going through a lot of adversity right now. And I want them to hear your story. Right. For, for sure. And, and, and I laugh because, you know, now I look back at that time and, and I really I really laugh about the time. I laugh about all of the things that happened. And I, I think that's one of the lessons to be learned is, you know, one of the things we hear is, well, we're going to laugh about this someday. Well, one of the things you can do is, is figure out what you can laugh about it now and instead of waiting for someday, because that's going to allow you to uh, approach that problem from a different state and from a different perspective. But I had practiced law for about 20 years and I had done it. I come from a family of attorneys. Uh, my, my grandfather practiced for 55 years and he was a judge. My dad is, is 50 years this year and he was a judge for 40 years. And um, I, I did everything I was supposed to do. I, I saved 10% from dollar one. I dollar cost averaged. I did the stuff I was supposed to do practice law. I did, I did everything that I was supposed to do. And I have a daughter who's 24. And so at the time when this all of this started, she was around 12 and I had taught her all of the Tony stuff uh, from when she was five. And wow. she was on one of our interviews and, you know, she told the story about how the first time she spent the night at somebody else's house, she was eating pancakes. And she looked at him and said, how come, you know, you guys aren't listening to Tony Robbins? And they went, who's Tony Robbins? And she said, well, at my house, every day we listen to Tony Robbins. So at five, she told her mother and I that she was going to be an actress. And, and she said, I'm going to do this by age 12. Well, at age 12, she had gone out and done this summer camp at Warner Brothers, and it had gone very well. And so uh, we had gotten her into this competition called, called the World Championship of Performing Arts, WACOPA. And um, we figured that her and her mother were going to move to Los Angeles, but we figured that was going to happen in about two years. And I had on purpose kept my law practice at a certain level because I wanted to be home at night. You know, I, I mean, the type of stuff that I do now, I mean, I work all hours of the day and you were, you know, and if you got a trial coming up, I mean, you know, you work long, long hours. I didn't want to do that back then. So I kept my practice at a certain size and her mother had a really good job. So I was home at night, you know, I was home on weekends and, and we had kind of this nice little 
you know, family unit. And um, I figured I would grow my practice when, when she didn't need me as much. Well, she goes out to this competition and wins a world championship. And in a couple of minutes, all of a sudden she's booked with a manager, booked with agents and her and her mother are in a car and they're headed West. Okay. So now my income, my family's income has been cut in half and we've doubled our expenses. All right, no problem. I can do this. Well, then we had a series of kind of amazing events happen at, at, at our office. And at the same time, the entire uh, housing market collapses in the United States because this is 2009, 2010. Right. So all of that happens. And, uh, uh, you know, the bank um, took away all my cash when I had to refinance my house because there was a second mortgage on the house because I had, I had built a big stupid house like everybody else did back then. My big stupid house, by the way, my dog and or excuse me, my, my daughter and my wife lived in the big stupid house for three years and three months. And then it was me and the dog in the big stupid house for the next like 10 years. And oh I, my gosh. <laughs> I remember I would sit out and it was my idea, by the way, it was all my idea. And I would sit out back and look around and look at my dog and go, yeah, this was really a great idea. I'm so glad that I did this. But you know, I, I was going to figure it out, right? I'm like, I can figure this out. I can figure this out. And then a year later, June 15th, so we're coming up on the 11-year anniversary, the building next to my building collapses. These are old buildings. They're 140 years old. Um, and the, the building, literally the foundation collapses and it tears down. And there was a shared wall between that building and, and the building that I was occupying. It was actually owned by my dad. And it rips out the wall. So now we can't get at our files. We can't get at anything. The, the city comes in and condemns the building. Our insurance company says the building can be repaired. The city says if you're going to repair it, we're going to require that it's up to code. Well, that means elevator. That means sprinkler system. And the, and the insurance company says that's not going to happen. Meanwhile, the city has put these poles in the building to support it, which are blocking a highway. We didn't put the poles in the building. It wasn't our building that collapsed. But the state of Illinois starts telling us that they're going to start fighting us and they're going to sue us because the and pretty soon everybody's blaming us for this problem in the middle of downtown in our in our hometown when we didn't do anything. Our building was perfectly fine and we bought all the, you know. So one of the things to learn is for me was you can do everything right and still have it all fall apart and still have it all go bad. And, go ahead. True. No, that, that's uh, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, incredible. So yeah, please go on. So we yeah we did because we had all the insurance. We did everything that we were supposed to do, and and it still all literally you know went south. So all of my money is in retirement accounts. I had everything in IRAs. We had a you know thing set up at our office where the office matched, and like I said, I did everything I was supposed to do. Well, I mean at this point. I don't have any cash because the bank took it, took it the May before to refinance the second mortgage on the house. I've got my house expenses. We've got the expenses for our office. I've still got payroll. I've still got health insurance. I've still got 401k contributions. And I got my expenses out, out West with, with my daughter, who, by the way, a year into this is doing great. She's booking, she's auditioning and all kinds of stuff. So, and I can't make any money. I mean, I can't, I mean, it's, I can't get anything done. It's like I'm in quicksand. Every time I move, something goes badly. And, um, you know, I mean, I could have filed bankruptcy and I could have done all that stuff, but I didn't want to not pay my people. And I didn't want to not pay for the house. That was my idea. And I didn't want to not pay for the price. So I started liquidating money out of my retirement accounts. 
And I mean, when you pay the penalties and you pay the taxes, and you pay, I mean, it doesn't take long and, and that all goes away. So about six months into this experience, I, I say I was worth $805,000 more the day I graduated college than after 20 years of practicing law, because I had five wow. grand in my pocket the day I graduated college from saving and working while I was in college. And I had no debt. And 20 years into the practice of law, I'm at least 800,000 in debt with nothing. I mean, I had absolutely nothing. Oh you know, my God. Now, you know, nowadays you don't stop at zero, right? You go right on by zero and you just- Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, there's-, there's Let me get this straight, Tim. You're, you're, the building falls down. You're, your dad owned the building. Yep. It's not your fault. On paper, it's not your fault. But because you're attached to this building- like you said, I think you said in the book, it's like not only did the building collapse, your business collapsed. Now right. you're over $800,000 in debt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because I'm in debt personally um, because of the house that I built. Plus, I had gone into real estate at the time. You know, couldn't couldn't have picked a worse time to do that. Then I got the debt for the business. You know, we had we had some debt there. There was a little bit of debt associated to the building. Plus, these businesses operate as lines of credit. You know, when you hire, when you get big cases, you have to you have to spend money on things. So we had a, a, a little line of credit with the business. Nothing like I operate with now, but you know, back then, when you know, how much is a lot of money? Well, all you got is a lot, right? All you have is a lot. That, that's that's it. A lot. So, <laughs> so if you stacked all that up, you know, yeah, I was at least at that number when you stacked all that up, and I had. I had no assets. I mean, you know, my house at the time was worth basically, who knows, you know, nothing because everybody's houses were worth nothing at that time. Um, I didn't own the building. Um, we were in a, a rental building actually right next door from where I'm at now. And I, I say in the book, you know, I, I literally was in this back office and there's a picture of us. We have our computers on folding. We've got folding chairs. We got folding tables. Our computers are sitting on boxes. And I'm in this office that really does look like a prison. I mean, well, I would really love does. to see that photo, Tim. It's, if you can bring that photo up, we would love to see it and maybe share I'll, it with you. I'll find it. I'll grab it. I mean, and it really was. I remember just sitting there going, you know, I can't believe that this is where I'm at. I mean, I can't believe that this is what's going on right now. And and we just, you know, I mean, you just couldn't get anything done. And, and um, every time we tried, it just got worse and worse and worse. Um, so... You know, at some point, there's this kind of freeing moment. And the, the point for me was the bank calls me up in this small line of credit that we had. The bank said, you need to start making payments on the line of credit. And I, I said, with what? We, we have no income coming in. I can't get anything done because this building is taking up. I mean, it took us a month before we got files and phones and i mean we'd get one and then right, I'd ramp up from scratch well wow. it took us a month to get into the building i mean right. we had to it had to be it had to be reinforced and then all of our files were on the top and then you know we didn't take the files out we had no idea where anything was we i mean we moved again in about nine months and there were a lot of files that we found after we moved what we what we ended up doing is calling the lawyers on the other side of our cases and saying, could you send us everything in your file and everything that we sent you? 
and and they did. I mean, everybody like I mean, people really tried to help us out. I mean, I mean, everybody tried to help us out. And yeah. and and so they would start sending us stuff. And and lucky for me, I had a good enough memory. I could remember my notes in the cases. You know, I do everything in the cloud now after this experience, right? I, I don't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't worry about that. But I. The, so I'll never forget this conversation with the president of the bank, who 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 was my wife at the time's former boss, mm-hmm. and he said, "You need to start." making payments on this line of credit. And I said, with what? We don't have any income. I mean, we'll get income eventually, we'll get this figured out. And he goes, well, you know, you have, we don't care, but you're gonna have to do this. And I stopped and I said, you know, the, the house that I'm living in, nobody wanted it, right? Those houses that everybody built, nobody wanted those houses. No. They had huge property tax bills. They were huge, and, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to mansion, right? The McMansions. Yeah, and then nobody wanted those. They were anybody would be happy to give you one if you wanted it. Yeah. I said, you know what? If I grab my dog and my golf clubs and put them in my car and head west to hang out with my daughter, my life gets a heck of a lot easier, and your life gets a heck of a lot more complicated because you now get to deal with the building, right? Right. You get to deal with this big house. You get to deal with the other houses that I've invested in, I can just file bankruptcy on all of that and say, see ya, and you can and you can go deal with all that. I remember the the city that, and I'm still in this city, but different administration, the city wanted to still give us a property tax bill for the, for the building. They said, well, the lot's worth $20,000. And I remember I looked at it and I said, I'll tell you what, I'll pay you $20,000 and you take the building and you deal with the problems. Right. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So that was kind of my freeing moment because I thought, you know what? There's really nothing that any of these people can do that's really going to hurt me. I mean, you know, I, I just want to I want to grab this because this is really important. This this liberation that there's really nothing that binds you. Yeah, I I, I remember right. I was so worried about missing payments on my house and that I was going to lose the house, which by the way was really dumb because I could have not made payments for three years and I would have never lost the house, but, but I didn't, I didn't want to be the guy that didn't make the payments on my house. I mean, I, I just, I never wanted to be right. that person. And, um, but I, I, I remember standing there in the bathroom, looking in the mirror and I was like, you know, who cares if I don't have this house? And by the way, if I, how great would it be if I didn't have to deal with this anymore? And it's not like I was going to be homeless. I mean, my dad lives right down the road. I can go, I'll go move in with him and I'll bug the heck out of him. Yeah, and, and you know what? Isn't it amazing how resourceful you get when, when all your resources seem to be the resources that you think you have, all of a sudden you get very resourceful. So Tim, what I want to do is I, I, I want to just say hello, everyone. Thanks for being here. Show, show Tim some love. Are you getting something from this? Love the energy. Uh, let's grab some cowbell just because May love the energy. And what I want to do is I, I want to share something. Uh, we have an event coming up. So I wanted to share that. So we're going to take a short break. Oh, Jason's with us. And by the way, let me call this out. Mandy is one of our other co-authors. Jason's one of the co-authors. And so they're just on here to say hello. I'm going to share a, uh, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'm going to, I'm going to interrogate Tim. So how about we interrogate the trial attorney here to find out what did he do? This, he has his liberation moment after everything collapsing, his building collapsing, financial collapse. His daughter and his wife are out in California. His, his daughter's following this dream. What did Tim do to turn things around? So we're going to take a short break. 
And when we come back, I'm going to interrogate him for that information. So here we go. We'll be right back. He explains things in a way that I've never heard before. So it helps us to have like uh, an open mind and look at things differently than we're used to looking at them. Austin J. Haynes event Flashpoint has really transformed my life. It's just remarkable to be with people that are uplifting and it's dreary out and it's fabulous to be here. Some of the different exercises we did made me feel liberated um, and break through some things that I needed to break through and, and actually some things I realized about myself that I did not realize about. So it's been amazing. It was an honor and a privilege to learn from you. If you have an opportunity to come to an Hayes event, don't hesitate. So we're excited, Tim. And I know you couldn't make it for that, but we honored the authors. But I know as things open up, we'll be able to have you here in person. We'll get together at some point. And we we're just talking about the books and getting all the books signed by the authors. So that'll be uh, a to be to, to be continued. But our next live event is July 9th, 10th and 11th. But let's get back to the story. So, Tim, you, you're at this moment. You have this liberation point. You're like, if I could throw my clubs in my car and, my, and drive out to the West, I'm good. You can deal with the problem. So you have this liberation moment. So then what happens? Like, take us through to this incredible turnaround. So when, when, the, when it first happened, during the first week, um, you know, my partner and I were working 20 hour days and I was sleeping three hours a night and it, it only took a few days for me to realize this isn't going to get over with quickly. And I've got to do something different than what I'm doing. And one of the things that I've learned from doing my job is when people, especially in business, get in trouble, they don't change what they're doing. They do what the same thing that they're doing, but they do it more and harder. And it just keeps getting them deeper and deeper. So the, the first thing I did is, what can I control? I can't control any of that. So what can I control? And that was me. So I completely changed myself. I went out a 30-day juice fast. I started running. I was like, I have to take care of my health in every way possible in order to survive this. This is going to take me Tim, I want to grab this because this is really important. I want people to get this. When people go through a situation like you did, you were saying that they'll go faster the same way that they were doing it before when what's required is for them, what Jason is saying, to sit back and evaluate the situation. Right. I commend you on that. Right. And, and we see it so much. They do the same thing more and harder. So I changed, first thing I did is I changed myself. I was like, okay, I have to be a completely different person in order to survive this. I've got to be on a completely another level of health another level of fitness, another level of energy, another level of everything. So I started working on that. Second thing is, and, and the second lesson that I put in the book was, see it as it is, be realistic, but don't see it worse than it is. You know, it, it was money. That was it. It wasn't, they, you know, I said to the guy, I said, you can't touch my license to practice law. You can't touch my relationship with my daughter. You can't touch my health. It was none of those things. And 
And every day I see people deal with, you know, unbelievable outcomes, right? And we see it at the Tony events. Yes. You know, nobody, nobody had died in a car wreck. Nobody was dying of cancer. You know, it, there was none of that. It was right. just, it was just money. So now you're looking at all the assets that you really truly do have that mean the most to you. Right. right? It's like all the stuff that doesn't mean as much kind of. Who cares? And, and I, I'm like, you know, at some point I'm going to get out of this at some point I'm going to. And even then I was saying to myself, I'm going to look back and say that this is one of the best things that ever happened to me. And, but I will say, you know, you get in, when you're in that process, you do, there are a lot of times where I was like, okay, when is this lesson going to be done? I'm ready for this lesson to be done. You know? Right. Right. It's it's a season, right? You're like, it's like winter. It's like, like Jim Rohn talks about the winters. When is winter done? Right. Yeah. And and I'll tell you. When March comes. (laughs) Yeah. I, I will tell you that. That went on for a long time because I, I changed my health big time, and and then I I, I reevaluated my my business. So I we had a, a Fortune 500 company based in my hometown called Newell Companies, and Newell Companies would newelize the companies that they would take over. They would take over a, a brand like Papermaid or or Lavalier or something like that. And what they figured out was 80% of your income a lot of times comes from 20% of your effort. And the remaining 20% of your income takes 80% of your effort. Right. So I newalized myself. I was like, okay, what works the best in my business? And I I went after that and I got rid of everything else. I said, in order to survive this, I've got to be as efficient as possible. And so I newalized myself. But even after I had done all of those things and I was – you know, and I could see how all of this was going to work. You don't turn the Queen Mary on a dime and it takes time. And, and there, there were, there were times where I was like, my God, is this ever going to end? I mean, <laughs> is, is the lesson ever going to get over? So yeah. understand, you know, that old phrase, it's always darkest before the dawn. It's so true because it just, there are points where it just seems to go on and on and on. And, and for me, the one I write about in the book, and there were several of them, there were so many people that helped me along the way, and I, and I don't want to take up tons of time, but the six-hour layover in Kansas City Airport, you know, I was not going to miss uh, a visit with my daughter. I went and saw her every five weeks for six nights, and there's no way I was going to miss one of those visits. Right, because, because while you're going through this, you're going through this, this narrative, this season, there's this whole other story playing out with your daughter following her dream, right? I mean, yeah, and she's doing great. I mean, she's out there auditioning like crazy and she's booking. Now, thank goodness technology had happened, so I was able to work virtually. That had really just happened. Um and and that worked. And it were actually it made me more productive. When I would leave, my my staff would get a chance to catch up. I'd get a chance to, you know, wrap my head around things. But I, I was flying on miles that I had acquired from building the big stupid house. I'd run everything through a credit card. And so I had all these miles. I love you say the big stupid house. I love <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm still living in. And I, and I actually, I adore that, but it, it, it was such a dumb thing to do. But it, like I said, it was all my idea. So I, I, if you flew really terrible flights, it was only 5,000 miles. If you flew nice flights, it was 20,000 miles. I also figured out that if you flew Frontier Airlines out of Los Angeles, they always were overbooked and you could get bumped and get a free ticket. So I did that 
as much as we're in the system. Well, you can imagine the free tickets on Frontier Airline are not great, right? I mean, they're no. I ended up with a six-hour layover in Kansas City Airport on Easter Sunday. And um, I, I think I was the only person on the flight coming from, from Kansas City back to Milwaukee. The plane had come from somewhere else, and they were just getting all of their people back home. But I'm sitting in Kansas City Airport, and literally it's me and one TSA agent. There isn't a single soul in Kansas City Airport, which, by the way, is, is not – you know, a great airport to have a layover in because you can't get at any of the food, not that anything would be open. And I'm sitting on the floor with my laptop on a chair working and my back up against a wall. And I, and I, and I start laughing. I start looking around and I'm like, I am, I am not going to, you know, forget this moment, whatever happens in my life, I'm going to remember that. And I called up my daughter and I said, I'm on a six hour layover in Kansas city. Yeah. Airport because I wanted to come in and see her. And her and I still talk about that. We still talk, because- No, it's a, it's a great story, Tim. And it's um, just, to, and, and if you're people, you're a listener, you're in a tough moment, like see if you can honor this, because this this may never happen again. You could look back and laugh, like like Tim's laughing now. Tim, we're up against the clock. We got two okay. minutes. And I, I want to make sure we, we talk about, uh, anything you want to talk about to close it out. I know you got the, you're, you're working on a full book. So, so uh, I'm working on a full book and I'm doing other stuff. I, I, to, to close it out, you know, I the other the, the third thing that I did is is I knew exactly what I wanted and I and I headed towards that with everything and I made it an absolute must. And it didn't come in the form that I thought it was going to come in, which is pretty wow. typical, right? Life doesn't always work out the way you think it's gonna. But I, I looked at it and I said, you know, this is exactly how the, this is exactly the outcome that I need to have. And what this whole experience did for me is made me the person that I always wanted to be. You know, I always wanted to be the person that lived this healthy lifestyle. Yeah, great takeaway. Energy. And, and so, you know, we are, we are diamonds. A lump of coal needs, needs pressure and then it becomes a diamond. So when you're going through these difficult times, whatever the universe gives you, however you believe in that, God, whatever, whatever, Whatever it gives you, it gives you it because you can handle it. And when you do handle it, you're going to be that much stronger on the other side. And, and I knew that going through the process, and it was incredibly difficult. I laugh now. There are times where I really – I got to be like, I cannot believe that this hasn't ended yet. But now I look back and I go, thank God I went through that process because it made me who I, who I get to be today. And, and I love getting to do what I get to do. Tim, you're an incredible guy. I'm so glad that I met you. I'm so glad you're connected. I would have never thought, you know, five or six years ago that we would be in a book together. And I know you're, you're, you're doing some speaking. So I'm just glad we had this time today, everyone. So please connect with Tim. Tim, drop your email in there after the interview. I got to end it. Sure. I, my contract with the TV here. But what an honor. I'm so glad to have you here, Tim. Thank you, sir. Me too. Love you, brother. You're Take care, everyone. Love you. Talk soon. Bye. Bye for now.